Off the Record, the weekly KOTO public affairs show that offers you, the listener, an opportunity to hear in-depth conversations on community topics and issues that matter. As always, you are encouraged to join the conversation by calling 728-4333. Now here's your host. Good evening. I'm Gavin McGough, your host for this uh, Off the Record tonight. Thanks for tuning in. Um, We've got a special hour of programming this evening as we're joined by some longtime drivers of Telluride's Galloping Goose. Uh, The Galloping Goose is, of course, the free bus system which crisscrosses town almost every hour of the day. Um... And it gets its name from the gas-powered railroad cars, which connected Telluride to the greater world back in the mining era. Um, So the roster of folks who have driven the goose over the years is full of uh, colorful local figures. But we're joined tonight by um, two longtime current drivers. So let me give an intro to these uh, good folks who are joining me tonight in studio. Um, I've got Peter Chadman. Driver of 23 years, is that right? That is correct, and thank you for having me, Gavin. All right, what else can you add to your intro, Peter, to say hi to the Kodo listeners who may uh, recognize your voice? Well, hi, KOTO listeners. I used to be a DJ here. Unfortunately, my driving the Galloping Goose has sort of curtailed that because the schedules don't match up, alas. He gave up the DJ booth to be a goose driver, a, a woeful tale if I've ever heard one. <laughs> um, and then we also have uh, Brendan Gripe here. Is is that how I say your name? Gripe? Uh, no, it's uh, like creep except with a G. Gripe. Yep, that's Brendan me. Brendan Creep, driver of a decade or so, is that about right? Yeah, yep, a decade, uh, just in the winter times though. Oh, all right. Yeah, seasonal. Um, what else can you add to your uh, intro for us, Brendan? Um, I'm either, um, either, f- uh, lovingly called the metal bus or loathingly called the metal bus because I really enjoy listening to heavy metal while I work. Nice. Yeah, definitely. So the, the bus drivers get to set the playlist. That is correct. If, if you're driving, you get to listen to your own music. That's the, that's the rules. Nice. Yeah, I think we fought for that in the last strike or something. <laughs> when you unionize, that was your yeah, primary demand. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Well, thank you both uh, for joining us. And listeners, please join the conversation. If you were a past goose driver with a memory, a frequent rider with a reflection or a note of gratitude, or you just have a question, call us. It's 970-728-4333. And uh, we'll dive right in. Um, I guess I'd like to begin just by going back to how you all got started driving the Galloping Goose. Um, in your recollection, w- what year was it? And uh, what what did the training um, and onboarding process entail back then? I started in 1999. I was working in the restaurants in town. Every restaurant I have ever worked in has now closed. I hope it's not because of me. Anyway, I wanted to pick up a couple extra bucks and started working very part-time for the Goose. Uh, To get a driving position in the Goose, you have to pass a commercial driver's license test. And back then we had air brakes, so it also included air brakes. I obviously passed because here I am, and I am now working full-time. It's much less stressful than working in the kitchen in the restaurant, although I don't get fed quite as well. Um, do you have to renew your, your uh, training every once in a while? No, I don't have to renew the training if... You just can't crash the bus? I just can't crash the bus. <laughs> uh, another thing is if you get a D, uh, drug, um, drug or alcohol violation, you lose your commercial driver's license permanently for the rest of your life. So mm. I do not drink and drive. There we go. A good lesson for all. Um, and Brendan, how'd you, how'd you get started? Um, I started driving the bus in 2012 
and um, I applied with very little expectations. Um, I didn't think it was going to be a great job by any stretch of the imagination, and I've been extremely pleasantly surprised. Um, but I do remember coming in for my interview uh, with uh, the previous transit manager, Jason White, and we're interviewing, and we're kind of looking at each other like, you know, I, I know you from somewhere, right? And um, he finally had an aha moment and was like, wait a minute, I know you. Um, you would serve myself and my daughter ice cream at the Conoco. And I was like, yeah, you know, that, that is my first job in Telluride. And once he mentioned that and had a big smile on his face, I, I was pretty sure I was going to get the job. And how long were you in Telluride before you um, joined the ranks of the Goose Drivers? Um, probably two, two and a half years. Yeah. And what had brought you to town in the first place? Um, I did not come to town for the Bluegrass Festival. Surprise, surprise. I um, actually moved here reluctant, reluctantly with uh, an ex-girlfriend. And um, she hated it here for whatever reason, and I fell in love with it and just met the right people and just had the time of my life in Telluride. So she left, and I stayed, and here I am. Cool. And are you are you here year-round? What's your other gig? Um, I, I am around year-round now. Um, previously, I would uh, work and save as much money as I can driving the bus in the wintertime. And then from April to October, I would travel around the country, rock climbing, camping, miscellaneous adventures, and pretty much blow through all the savings I had managed to accrue the previous winter. And it was a pretty good system, for sure. Um, prior to driving the goose, did you all have an interest in uh, like public transportation, planes, trains, automobiles? Or was it kind of just a lark? I just wanted a uh, second income, and I was getting a little um, burned up on, uh, burned out on uh, cooking. But I remember as a child driving on the Detroit bus system and noticing how wonderful that was. So I kind of liked the idea of just driving around. <clears throat> I have met people from around the world. I've probably heard at least four dozen languages, including stuff I'd never thought I'd heard. Um, Afrikaans, Mongolian, Moldovian, if that's a thing, uh, and so on, just from everywhere. I once heard a con uh, five conversations going in my bus at the same time, none of them in English, and each one different. Uh, kind of on that note, what what for you all um, makes Telluride a unique place to drive a bus? Would you would you do this job anywhere else? Probably not. Um, having taken public transportation almost everywhere I go, because I'm a fan now, it looks awfully stressful in other <laughs> locations. <laughs> And we don't have any traffic lights. We do have traffic. Um, everybody wants to get in front of the bus. Um, pedestrians, dogs, deer, elk, bear, beaver, uh, a few other species have wandered in front of me that I had to break for. But aside from that, like I said, you meet people from around the world. Everybody is happy, even the drunks, because they're usually up out here on vacation. Yeah, this is just a fun, fun job. Yeah, I would, I would echo that sentiment as well. It's pretty fun. As far as working in like a big city, I think if they les let me listen to heavy metal, I'd, I'd try it once <laughs> for sure. That's, that's quality, you know, um, quality job uh, environment right there. Right. So your, your requirements are pretty slim. Yeah, yeah, but but they're important. They're few, right. but very important. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Plus, everybody in the town of Telluride is just nice people. They're mm -hmm. really nice to work for. Um, and the thing about the music is that you can always tell who the previous bus driver was just by what channel it's set on to Sirius XM Radio. Mm. <laughs> everybody has their favorite channel. 
I'm sort of the culturally opposite from Brandon here. I listen to classical music. It keeps me calm. It keeps me going crazier than I already am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How many uh, drivers are working at once? Just one bus making a loop or two? Two? Yeah, two drivers and then somebody at the, the office or the bus barn in case of an emergency. And then maybe uh, our boss or uh, our manager might be there if it's like a, during the nine to five hours. And how many how many strong is the Galloping Goose fleet in terms of drivers? Mm, what do you think, Peter? Like, Nine, I think, plus the managers. Yeah, so maybe like around a dozen, a little shy of a dozen. Yeah. It's, it's gone down over the years um, hmm. since Smart has started operating. We've kind of given up a few different bus loops. And are you both uh, kind of the exception in terms of longevity? Is there a high turnover at this position? Not anymore. Um, most of the people who are there now have been there a while. Uh, when I first started, they'd change out almost every season, but uh, we all like it. And there we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the town has certainly taken a few steps to, I think, retain drivers a little bit longer um, over the years, where before it was kind of a turn and burn, get your ski pass kind of gig. Hmm. Um, do, do drivers like trade off schedules? When do you all work? Yes. Uh, the manager assigns us the schedule at the, uh, before the season. And uh, usually we're good with it because he knows what we need. Some people absolutely have to have days off, certain days off. Uh, some of us don't care if we work the weekends which is why I'm always working the weekends. Myself included. <laughs> we see a lot of each other at work, for sure. But then there's other drivers I almost never see during the course of this uh, season because we have completely opposite schedules. Very interesting. Uh, and, if, and you're not riding the bus on an off day. Is that, what, is that correct? <laughs> no. Well, if I have to be in town and I have to do something... But I live in Natarita, so when I don't have to be here, I am not. What's that like, living in Natarita? It's so quiet. Just do not mention politics or religion. But then I don't mention that here either, so... Right. Be safe. (laughs) That's what's kept Kodo going strong all these years. Mm. That was always my motto when I was hitchhiking as well, you know? Oh, yeah. You can chit-chat as much as you want, but there's a couple of subjects that you might you might lose your ride to to bakersfield <laughs> so peter do you take public transit into into work or do you uh clock out and hop on your no i uh, i mean i guess you probably have to drive if you take i have to drive there there is public transit all the way to natarita but the schedule does not coincide with mine uh when i do go on vacation i take public transit wherever I can. I've been to, well, I just came back from London, took public transit there everywhere, the train, the the subway, or excuse me, tube, just as much as possible. Ferry boats, it's wonderful. Yeah, Europe is famous for its... Uh public transit. I remember when I went to Paris, I was, um, I was shocked. I was stunned by how clean and safe the subways were. It was a pleasure to go down there, and the, you know, it was air conditioned and everything. What was your comparison? What was oh, New York. Okay. Yeah, no, yeah. and I mean, I love the New York subway. Don't get me wrong, uh, but you know, Paris is a luxury experience. <laughs> In your travels, have you seen any models, Peter, that you're like, this one works really well? Um. Not so much. Um, they all have their advantages. They all have their disadvantages. Um, the London subway, most of the trains are not air-conditioned, and it's freaking hot down there in the tubes. Uh, what do you think makes the Galloping Goose successful when it's operating it at the best? It's it can be. free! <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I would agree with that one, too. Um, you can only, uh, there's pretty low expectations and I think pr- everybody's pretty pleasantly surprised. 
um, by how clean compared to maybe other public transit they've taken or how sociable the drivers are or how helpful and um, just some of the shenanigans they get to see on the bus. And how sociable and uh, helpful the uh, local passengers are. Yeah. Because they're always helping um, the local, uh, the tourists, find places to eat and, you know, whatever. Right. Yeah, no, locals are, um, I think, very good tour guides in Telluride. I think we do a good job about saying, here's where to not get scammed and here's where to go. You know, people are very opinionated about that. And even the children are friendly, Mm. which is kind (laughs) of... Weird. Uh, what do you what do you think your ratio is of visitors to uh, locals on a on a goose in the summertime or the or the thick of winter? Um, on on my shift, I usually do the the late night on the weekends driving, and um, I, I see I think I see a disproportionate amount of locals uh, just because I'm taking a lot of people home after work. Mm-hmm. Um, compared to somebody who's working during like the hours of the ski resort, you know they'll get get uh, visitors galore. Um, but yeah, f- for me, a lot of locals going to the bars and a lot of locals coming back from work. So I would I would just a guesstimate. I'd probably say like forty percent visitors and sixty percent locals for my shift. I work in the mornings and I get all the kids going to school and the locals going to work but then of course if there's a festival or ski season going on then about nine ten o'clock we get the uh, we get the visitors and off we go and I've had standing room only nothing but visitors with all their ski equipment and or uh, festivarian uh, accoutrements <laughs> so I, I think when I first met you Peter we were at a it was a show on a Wednesday night in Telluride and you were saying that there need to be more shows on Wednesdays because you can never make it to one <laughs> you know you're always driving the goose well that's why I'm here I don't have to work <laughs> there we go um, alright listeners you are tuned into KOTO uh, News's off the record show um, we're just talking about the Galloping Goose, reflecting on the Galloping Goose with some longtime drivers. Please give us a call with your own memories and reflections, 970-728-4333. And uh, we'll be back after a little musical interlude. This um, this song is just it's straight up called The Galloping Goose. It tells us the story of the um, train car, I believe, and it's from w, uh, C.W. McCall. So anyway... Um, give us a call. We'd love to hear your memories, and we'll be back in just a moment. On a cold November morning back in 1937, with an early snow falling on the three-foot tracks at Ames, came a mighty strange contraption known to train men as a motor. But to folks in Colorado, she was known by another name. Up the canyon south of Salt Pit, past the Red Cathedral, spires across the Yellow Mountain, switchbacks and the rabbits far below. On the high and lofty trestles near the fabled mines of Ophir, in the Silver San Juan Mountains came a goose of plowing snow. Four-door automobile on a dozen wheels of iron, 16 feet of rock and boxcar spot welded to her tail. Loaded down with mercantile, 10 bags of high-grade ore, two mothers, nurse, and babies, seven miners, and the mail. Up the side of Sunshine Mountain by internal gas combustion, eight Pierce Arrow pistons pulling 15,000 pounds of lead. At the snowshed on the summit, the conductor said his prayers. He'd acquired a busted drive shaft on the pass of Lizard Head.
3% Rico in the Valley of Dolores. They still talk about the Southern and her flock of flying geese. From the roundhouse at Ridgeway to the depot at Durango, all the tracks are gone for scrap iron and the ganders rest in peace. Up the canyon south of Salt Pit, past the Red Cathedral spires, across the Yellow Mountain switchbacks and the rabbits far below. On the high and lofty trestles near the fabled mines of Ophir, in the Silver San Juan Mountains, there's a legend in the snow. All right, welcome back. This is KOTO's Off the Record. So, uh, there was a little history there, a little history song of the Galloping Goose. If you listen to the lyrics close, you got a taste of it. Ridgeway to Ure or whatever, and the depots. Um, and the Galloping Goose is named for a unique species of uh, train car, um, automobile hybrid that came about in the San Juans. Um, Peter, do you have some uh, intel on this? When I drive around and uh, visitors want to know what the history of the place is, and they do often get on just to drive around and watch, look at the town, I give the history tour. And the, Gall- the Rio Grande Southern Narrow Gauge Railroad came up here in 1890, was finally abandoned in 1951. <clears throat> but during the Depression, it got too expensive to run a steam engine every day on this route. So over in the Ridgeway Yards, they built what they called motors. The front half was a Pierce Arrow touring car, and the back half was a railroad car. The passengers started calling it the Galloping Goose because of the way it bounced and waddled across the very poor tracks they had coming up here. (laughs) The Rio Grande Southern was not a well-maintained railroad. So after World War II, in order to help increase revenue, the railroad modified some of them with half military surplus bus bodies in the front, bigger engines, cut windows in the back, added extra seats, and painted a galloping goose inside and sold them for tourist rides. Seven were built. Number one was dismantled because it was so successful it was too small. That has been reproduced and is now living in Ridgeway. Number two through seven all still exist, all have been restored, and all of them run. Our number four is currently on loan to the Ridgeway Railroad Museum because they have a loop of track set up over there where they can run it. Number five lives in Dolores. Three of them live in the Colorado Railroad Museum and the last one lives at Knoxbury Farm in California because when this railroad was being torn up they wanted a railroad, so they hauled over engines, rail cars, rail, other rolling stock, and then took one of our geese with them. Hmm. So there you are. And you've ridden a bunch of them yourself. Just three of them. I've ridden four, five, and one. Hmm. And uh, so they run on tracks. Yes. And do they waddle, or was that only because the tracks were all bad? That was because the tracks were all bad. Uh, I've ridden four and five on the um, Durango and Silverton, and they're just fine. They're noisy, but they're smooth. Hmm. Um, so I have a question here for uh, about kind of the the meaning and identity of the goose name. Um, it, Town is actually, I don't know if you all know this, is working on a rebranding effort. So no. so Public Works has, you know, it's one it's one logo and the Parks has the other logo and everybody's got kind of a different logo. So the town says we need to bring everybody under the same umbrella and the same brand. But the one exception to that is the much beloved Galloping Goose, <laughs> whose quirky logo um, which you see on the metalwork above the bus schedule down by uh, right on Pine Street here, um, as well as in other places. Um, that will not be changing because it's so um, iconic. Uh, do, why do you think the Galloping Goose brand is kind of important um, or beloved in your view? You know, is it, is, is it that way amongst the drivers or do you think just the general public? Um, 
You know, I think uh, there's definitely like the brand recognition. You know, you see those buses around town all the time. You know, little kids always get a kick out of it. Um, and then, you know, I could just speak for myself. And I think it's just nice when you get to visit someplace and some things don't change. And I think the Galloping Goose, um, you know, all the positives of that bus really hasn't changed since I started driving. Um, and I think that logo might just reflect that, you know, where it's it's still free, unlike, you know, parking in Mountain Village or something. Um, you know, consistent schedules, we're always out there. Um, yeah, and then we just kind of run it the same way, pretty, pretty laid back um, and just super friendly and and just super happy to to be out there. So I think that'd be my my two cents on the logo part. Peter, any thoughts on why it why it became a beloved institution? Well, it is unique, and everybody knows it as compared to anything else. I mean, if it's just the town of Telluride bus, boring. Yeah, it kind of gets forgotten with the yeah. generic name. But people take pictures, and we get thrown up on internet and all kinds of stuff yeah the, the kids just love us kids love us yeah, <laughs> yeah. dogs like us how too. can you tell do they sing oh i i'll be driving down the street and i can see this kid little kid pointing and yelling and as i drive past i can even hear him say like the galloping goose or the bus uh through the heavy metal so <laughs> you know they're excited <laughs> Sometimes I'll honk for them, and and that just sends them sends them into outer space. Cool. Uh, in your recollections, has the has the route changed around town much? Oh, more than once. We used to only go as far as Town Park. Then we started going out to the east end through uh, Shadow Lane. That was a challenge because Shadow Lane is one way, single lane. Wait, is that the that's the lane behind all the? So it's not on Colorado. No, we have to. We go up to. We did. We did. We go up to Columbine, turn left on Columbine a half block, and that is Shadow Lane, and then we'd come back down to. Uh, that was before my time. Alder, um, not Alder, anyway, uh, Laurel, and come back onto Colorado, which wasn't that bad, but it's narrow. People park there, and in the winter, it can be a nightmare. I've gotten stuck more than once. I had to, some idiot was coming the wrong way in a one-way street. Oh, this is Telluride. I can tell you tales on that one. And... <laughs> I had to pull over, got into a snowbank, got stuck there, went over to Honga Eames' porch, got her snow shovel, <laughs> and shoveled for about 30 minutes and finally got out. Uh, thank you, Honga. And yes, I put the shovel back. But yeah, it, I've had to get pulled out more than once with uh, public works. I, um, I'd love to add a similar story. One of the times I got stuck, I borrowed a shovel from somebody who lives right around the uh, fall line apartments and uh, we dug her we dug the bus out and then I gave her the shovel back and continued on my route so I think that speaks volumes to like just how the how the town is kind of there for you as a bus driver and and uh, it's just a fun little story where you know some bus driver in a big city isn't going to be borrowing shovels and digging themselves out so <laughs> We are now carrying buckets of sand, which also come in very handy in the winter. Um, for many years, I believe, um, it actually was just called the Telluride Bus Service. Um, or, I mean, maybe not officially, but, you know, it didn't have the Galloping Goose name. And then, you know, sometime in the 1990s, they were talking about updating the service. And it, the question was, well, should we get a new name? And... Um, I think Amy Levick at town council said we could do the galloping goose. And since then it has uh, stuck around and people have, Thanks, people have jumped on to the galloping goose brand. When I first moved here, they were used buses, buses. They bought them from elsewhere. They were white and it said on the side, 
tell you ride with a hyphen in between. Hmm. How That's exciting. a good brand too. Yeah. No. No, not <laughs> as good. <laughs> yeah. They're trying to be clever. Um so I hear that uh listeners who might be interested in getting involved um could have the opportunity to do so. Is that correct? Yes, I've just heard from our boss, uh Joe Dillsworth, that they are hiring. I don't know the details. But there you are. If you might be wanting to try the Galloping Goose as a job, um, a couple cavits uh, here. You have to have a clean driving record, and you have to have a pass a drug test, and they will do a background check on you. So keep that in mind, since this is a marijuana-friendly state. Say you meet a uh, um, a young aspiring goose driver um, who wants to make it behind the wheel. Uh, what's your advice to this person? You have to have a great deal of patience, hmm. amazing amount of patience, because people are getting on and off with children and all of their, like I said, Festivarian gear or their ski equipment. Uh, so they take a lot of time. They don't know where they're going. They ask the same question over and over and over again. It helps to know where everything is. Mm, anything? Oh, everything. Everybody wants to be in front of the bus. So uh, vehicles are always parked in our bus stops. People are going the wrong way in one-way streets. They're running stop signs. If you want to practice your... Um, Exercise and patience. Patience, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's just incredible. It's almost every loop you see somebody being stupid, a moving violation, or dangerous. Yeah, uh, yeah I just like to reinforce the patience part. And something that's been helpful for me is the principle of charity where, um, you know, to give an example, using traffic again, like somebody cuts you off, you, your first thought is like, what a jerk, why did he cut me off? Whereas if you use the principle of charity, it's like maybe he didn't intend to cut me off. Maybe she has something else going on. Maybe they didn't even see me. And so driving around on the bus, you know, a lot of times it's very clear that the principle of charity rings true. And even those times where it's a little, a little more gray, just having that, giving the people the benefit of the doubt will definitely help you uh, stay patient and stay calm. But oh. that's uh, that's not to say I have a hundred percent success rate by any means. <laughs> you know, we do not uh, open the door and yell at those who are in our way. As no road rage. No road rage. No, you cannot have road rage in this. We have to deal with uh, delivery trucks and garbage trucks all the time, not to mention construction. And you see them in front of you, and you either have to have patience. Did they get over enough to get past? And if you can look ahead enough, maybe you can detour. Not always possible. Sometimes you just get stuck there and waiting for them to finish whatever they're doing. But, yeah, just patience. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, I've gotten very upset driving the, the goose many times, um, but you have to check yourself at some point, for sure, and uh, if you cross that line, you, you know, you're in for a lot of trouble, so, um, but, you know, just sometimes things happen, and people say stuff to you that's uh, pretty darn hurtful, and gets the blood boiling, and it uh, takes a couple loops or a couple of shifts to, to cool down completely and forget about it and move on. Yeah, I feel that anybody who um, kind of has worked providing a service to the people of Telluride or perhaps uh, more pointedly some of the visitors of Telluride would perhaps resonate with that uh, feeling. Um, I did have some questions about etiquette on the bus. Um, do you have any rider pet peeves? Like as riders, how how can we be prepared oh, to I, be? I got be, one for sure, <laughs> for sure, definitely. And I've seen it more and more with the advent of technology. Um, 
one of my personal pet peeves is when people are listening or watching TV on their phones on the bus with no headphones, and it's just cranked, and those awful cell phone speakers are just crackling and popping, and everybody gets to hear what YouTube video so-and-so is interested in. Um, so my my the one of the metal bus etiquettes would be, you know, Bring some headphones, for sure. And don't have personal conversations, especially very personal conversations, on the bus. Everybody knows. Everybody hears. Is that a personal pet peeve of yours, Peter? Yeah. I I don't want to hear other people's problems. Thank you very much. Well, let's see. We've had drunks. You turn you turn into an awful gossip if you start hearing too much juicy, yeah. juicy stuff. If I ever need a news story, maybe I'll uh, swing by. I've only had to call the cops on th- only three times for passengers. Two times, they actually passed out on the bus for whatever reason, and the third. And, and the police are very hot, nice here, the marshal's department. They're kind, and they wake them up gently and escort them <laughs> off. And you, you, I mean, Mom wouldn't, you know, be any better than that. And the third was a guy who was drunk out of his mind and being very obnoxious and insulting. And he finally got off the bus, but the marshal deputy finally caught up with him, and he ended up going to um, the Grace Cell condos, so there you go. So, uh, listeners, for in terms of etiquette, um, don't pass out on the bus. <laughs> Bring a pair of headphones and uh, keep the con- personal conversation to uh, the appropriate level. Also, please don't use nasty language. There are children mm. on the bus, and I don't like it either. Here we go. Um, which which tends to be more distracting? What's going on inside the bus or outside? Oh, outside. Yeah, I can tune out what's going on inside unless they get into a fist fight i've had to break a couple of those up but uh, yeah outside i would probably agree with that one too i I think you see somebody walking around in ski boots and they don't look perfectly sober and they're kind of in the road zigzagging Uh, that takes my full attention at times for sure I'm just so worried that they're going to slip or the bus is going to slip and then we'll cross paths and that'll be the end of my my galloping goose driving career. Um, So, yeah, some of the stuff you see outside of the bus definitely, definitely worries me a lot. And, you know, I'm definitely in pretty lasered focus on some of that stuff. Well, I was pulling up to the uh, gondola stop and I had come to a stop because of the traffic ahead of me. It was winter. Someone was walking beside me on the right side, and he slipped and fell under the bus. Fortunately, I was not moving, and no one was hurt, no injuries, but yeah, it's scary out there with the ice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I've had that vision of myself, you know, slipping under a bus. Nightmares, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's 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 uh, it's slippery out there. Yeah, I've had more than a few go out, uh, fall down in front of me too. Yeah, dicey stuff out there. Uh, where your yak tracks, and uh, you're tuned into KOTO's Off the Record Show. Um, I'm talking with uh, longtime bus drivers Peter Chadman and Brandon Greep here about. Um, Drive in the Galloping Goose and Telluride. We have a little musical selection um, from the connoisseur behind the Metal Bus. So fans of the Metal Bus, you'll like this one. Um, And we'll be back in just a moment. Uh, I'll take the opportunity to say, please give us a call at 970-728-4333 if you would like to share a reflection, memory, or whatever else you got um, on the subject of the Galloping Goose.
I had a question for Peter. When it comes to Coda Lip Sync, you came back and uh, did an awesome one with uh, that involved CW McCall and driving. Are you going to be doing Coda Lip Sync again this year? I have some ideas. The thing pops up on me so quickly that I suddenly realize, oh, it's time to do this, and I don't have anything prepared. Uh, now that you mention, when is Coda Lip Sync, uh, Gavin? Oh, it is um, January 27th. Let is me that, double check that what, date. What day is that? That's a Saturday night. Of course I'm working. That's oh. why I'm not doing it. I'll be driving the galloping goose, son of a gun. Well, now's the time to ask another driver if maybe you can trade days. Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> or, you, or you could ride the bus and see the see the real show. You could do it. You could do it for your passengers, Peter. <laughs> An after party on the Galloping that's Goose. That's right. Encore performance by solo act Peter Chapman. He'll lip sync some Bach. That's right. No, 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 no. I'm thinking of. Well, I'm not going to give it away, but um, yeah, I'll see what I can do. I need a really good makeup artist. Anybody out there for my lip sync? I need a really good makeup artist. We're talking special effects here. I think I know somebody for you, Peter. Okay, cool. Yeah, Haley. Mm, we're looking down. forward to it. So thanks. Thank you. Huh. All right, caller, thank you for your question. Other callers, if you're out there in the ether, give us a shout. I did uh I did have a former driver um and current Kodo DJ text me to say, uh, I once had a marriage proposal happen on my bus. Um Ooh. But it was unclear if it was binding. <laughs> Perhaps it was due to intoxication. Um, so a Vegas proposal. That that sounds very Telluride. It sounds very Galloping Goose. Um, her other reflections include gaggles of college students getting on the bus late at night during spring break. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then they can't hold their uh, liquids in the back of the bus. Um, when oh, you yeah. go to park it at the end of the night, no bueno. Yeah, that does not sound good. Um, so I guess uh, bring a little bag on the bus if you're going to have an accident. <laughs> I have had to clean up every bodily secretion you can think of at one time or the other. Some of it was from dogs, granted, but still, uh, yeah, it's grotesque. Not to Not to jinx myself or anything, but I haven't had any pukers on the late bus oh, in my 10 years yeah wow um, knock on wood right now wow yeah. maybe you're just not looking close enough oh i've i've <laughs> i've had some close calls for sure i saw a lady looking a little little sour in the back and i didn't even ask her anything i just stopped the bus and opened the door and she started running out on her mm -hmm. own <laughs> and uh went right into the snowbank and i uh closed the door gave her some privacy and continued the route <laughs> How about some of the uh, the more um, heartwarming memories? Do you have any of those? Um, I I love riding the bus or driving the bus with the kids in town. I think that's one of my one of my favorite things. I love coming up with little bus games, um, letting them screw around a little bit on the bus. Um, I've seen them do all, all kinds of goofy things. Um, and it just warms my heart uh, to no end to see him having fun in the bus in Telluride. So that's that'd be my my uh, vote hands down for sure. I've noticed that the kids in this town are always surprisingly nice. Um, I'm a skeptic. What can I say? But uh, they're always very nice. They are noisy, heaven knows, but. They're always really nice, and they're always polite. So many of them say thank you when they get off the bus. It's great. What's your favorite um, time of day or time of year season to be driving? Oh, off season. Nobody on. Yeah. I, I don't think I can answer that since I only work in the wintertime. Yeah, well, early winter is a lot different from... Oh. Um, I, you know, I would pick a, a time during my shift that's probably the most enjoyable. Um, you know that kind of witching hour around ten thirty to midnight. You definitely see some some pretty fun stuff. 
Well, I was being sarcastic. I really like visitors because, like I said, they're from all over the world, and it's just so fun to talk to them and hear their stories and how they got here and how they're enjoying the altitude. and Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you have any, like, rituals you do every time you drive the bus? Nope, we have to pre-check the bus when we get in. That's oh, sort of a ritual. But I mean, we both rock the hot tea while we're driving. Yeah, we're both tea drinkers. Oh, yeah. okay. Which yeah. type? Oh, I just drink straight black, yeah. sometimes mixed with green. Well, okay. Yeah, I gotta go decaf for sure, especially doing the late night shift. Yeah, I can't combo the heavy metal with the <laughs> well, with the English breakfast. Well. It, <laughs> Contrary, yeah, contrary to many many people's experience with metal, that's that's very soothing. Mm. So if it was heavy metal and chamomile tea, I, I might get myself into trouble. Right, I could fall asleep behind the wheel. Um, you know what really got me interested in kind of pitching the show in the first place? Um, I was wondering, like, do you feel as though you have a really unique perspective on the Telluride community? Um, based on your time behind the wheel. You know, I think some of that um, has perhaps come out, but does that question prompt anything for you right now? Uh, I don't know. I, you know, I, don't, I, haven't, I haven't done a lot of jobs in, in Telluride, um, so my, my perspective is pretty myopic. Um, I think you see, at least with my shift, um, there is a unique um, connection with certain people. Um, I'll pick a lot of people up after a really tough shift um, serving food or cooking food at the restaurants or working at one of the bars, and and you can tell something rough happened to them that day at work where they're they're pretty pretty upset, and so it's nice to be able to connect with them and you know have them get it get it off their chest. And um, and you just become a little bit closer uh, as a bus driver and passenger, and you know do that a few dozen times over the winter, and, and you got yourself a friend for sure. Um, so I think from my my shift and my perspective, I think I just see kind of the kind of some of the underground stories that uh, don't surface uh, for a lot of the people that visit or are out having fun on the town you know i see like more of the after aftermath you know yeah and um yeah if they can bitch and moan on the bus to uh to some heavy metal maybe they walk into their front door feeling feeling like they got it out out of their system so uh, yeah i never interrupt anyone who's bitching and moaning as you say uh we all have bad days and Anything I say wouldn't do them any good. What they're saying is what's doing them good. I usually drive in the morning, so usually people are in a much better mood. Certainly sleepy, but uh, yeah, the the kids are quiet in the morning, much quieter, interesting, <laughs> than in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah, that that is very true. I can attest to that for sure. But we get the same passengers, of course, every day, or at least most of the days, and we get to know them. Yeah, at least superficially totally if, I, if they're not the the sociable type you know some people um you know i just say hello and goodbye to um but i know exactly what their stop is and i know what time of night to expect them off of work you know i may not know their names or their stories but you know i i definitely take great pride and pleasure out of you know driving people home every night for sure and then some will talk your heads off. Uh, yeah, definitely. I remember Juniper was a oh yeah was notorious for that. I had to close the bus door in his face a few times, and I felt really bad for it. But that's the only way to stop the conversation. <laughs> God bless his soul. Any celebrity sightings that you remember? They don't ride the oh, bus. Oh, 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 oh wait, 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 wait! You got <laughs> yeah. one, huh? Um, Quentin Tarantino for sure. Oh, he would ride the goose. Yeah, I actually, um, he was walking down the street and I stopped not knowing who it was. And I was like, what, what are you guys doing? You want a free bus ride? And, um, as he got on, I recognized who it was. Um, and then the only celebrity, other celebrity I know I've had on the bus, 
I can't remember her name. Um, Presley something, um, but she was she starred in um, Joe Dirt and as like the the trailer trash gal. Hmm. Um, yeah, if somebody can think of her name, but uh, somebody had to point that one out to me. I didn't recognize her. Mm-hmm. No, I never had. Uh, I've had people with money on, but no one famous. I've had some. Um, musical artists on during the festivals. Uh, I didn't know. I can't remember their names, but... Uh, that's famous, for sure. Yeah, it's famous, yeah. but yeah. like I said, I can't remember their names. They're always in a good mood. Um, ben Kerr claims he once drove uh, uh, Mr. Trump around town, so... Oh, yeah. <laughs> I... I have a hard time believing that one for sure. <laughs> well, he was he was in town. I was in the Telluride Theater Company uh, and performed with him in the audience, although I didn't know it at the time. But yeah, he's been here. I've seen a lot of famous people and even met a, quite a few, yeah. but I'm not on the bus. It's hard to get him on the bus. Oh, yeah. I, I got another famous person story. They weren't riding the bus, but uh, I saw Geraldo riding his bike on main street and he went to take uh i don't know a hard hard left or a ue off the sidewalk and uh almost ran into the side of my bus i had to brake hard for geraldo rivera <laughs> jamie presley was yeah, yeah yeah jamie presley yep that comes from a listener um who actually submitted a couple questions nice. we were talking about um kind of changing transit routes earlier uh, and adding adding stops, but how about the subtraction of stops? Is oh, it is yeah. it nice you don't go out to Lawson and points beyond? The uh, smart organization got um, put together under the auspices of the county, I believe, and they do Lawson Hill, Down Valley, and Norwood. And back in the day when I used to drive Down Valley and Lawson, and occasionally Norwood, yeah. That's a tough route because you get rocks in the road and buses break down. And I had to go out as um, manager on duty uh, more than a couple times to rescue uh, a broken bound bus going to Norwood. Yeah, that's a very different job. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a lot less involved just driving around town. Yeah. And, of course, we now go all the way out to Gold Run. And when I started, that wasn't even an option. That was still owned by uh, Idorado out there. Yep. Well, there we go. Town continues to change and evolve, I guess. Um, you know, so you all have put in a combined, like, what, 33, 35 or so years. Um, uh, we also had a question about kind of other people who have put in a lot of time, um, you know, towards the Galloping Goose and towards transit here in town. Uh, do you have any memories of working with... Um, kind of folks who were, were here for a long time, really saw the evolution of the service. Um, Jason White, I know, spent about 20 years um, in his job directing transit. Um, what's it like to kind of hold down the fort for so long and, and see those other folks? I've had to... I actually trained Jason and his predecessor, um, Kristen, uh, and they ended up to be my boss, but that's fine. I don't actually want to have to work for a living. I just want to drive around and be mellow. Uh, so that's fine. You know, let them, let them do their thing. Uh, I know Jaime was oh, always Jaime, yeah. one of the, the Galloping Goose rock stars for a long time, for sure. It was, and, but it, it's, it's a little weird on driving the bus. You really don't work with uh, your coworkers, really. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you see them in the... Um, the break room, and then you're kind of just out on your own in your own bus. Um, but uh, I would always have people come running up to the bus being like, oh, I'm sorry, I thought you were Jaime. Or like, is Jaime driving? Mm -hmm. or, or, hey, we're visiting from, you know, Timbuktu. Is Jaime still a driver? So on and so forth. Yeah, people ask for Jim and Bear, of course. Yeah. And He's I've, got a building notoriety going, yeah. for sure. And I've had a few very young, attractive women asking about you. No, well, don't say it on the radio. Okay, well, that's true. My you're, special lady friend might yeah, get a little upset. Your, your main squeeze, yeah. <laughs> if, you, uh, if you had to add one stop to the bus service here in town, one addition to your loop, where would it be? 
where would you stop at? I, you know, I would say we kind of have the flexibility to choose our own bus stops. So I think we've, I think every driver has kind of added a stop wherever he and she um, feels it's necessary or safe. Um, I always like dropping folks off right in front of their door on the east end. So there's about two dozen stops there. Um, yeah, and then, you know. Yeah, and they all, they all line up along the street, so it's pretty satisfying. Yeah, totally, totally. Well, every corner <clears throat> yeah. on the route is a bus stop. Yeah, totally, totally. Do you ever, ever want to kind of like uh, swing off route, though, you know, is what I mean. Like, mm. uh, you know, I used to live up um, on North Spruce Street where there's a, uh, a steep hill and a kind of cabal of... Um, local folks hanging out in various houses and uh you know pretty nice if we had a galloping goose come swinging up but it's a little impractical you know well for it's got a pitch like milk run uh people who are ambulatory no but there are people who are having trouble with walking with uh uh you know have physical disabilities or whatever and i will or have taken them up to say the uh, museum for instance but usually everything is, you know, right there on the route. We cover just about everything. Covers it all, yeah. 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 I mean, the only thing, just for selfish reasons, I wish there was a bus after midnight, after I'm done driving, so I could take the bus home too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, that's it. I've swung people down to the medical center uh, more than once too because they needed to get there. Yeah. Yep. Um, I have a question for you, Gavin. Absolutely. Um, what's one of your um, like standout riding the galloping goose memories? You know, I've never gotten on the goose. Oh my word! Oh, what are you doing on this podcast or this talk here? <laughs> well, you're always welcome on the metal bus. Actually, I have been on the bus, you know, a couple times, but okay. not. Um, and they were all standout rides. I just don't think of myself as a regular rider. But, of course, I've lived in Telluride for over a year. I've been on the Galloping Goose. Mm -hmm. um, and usually, you know, it's when I'm swept along with somebody else who is, like, determined to get that bus. Because I'm not somebody who's determined. You know, if it pulled up right beside me, I might accidentally walk right onto it or slip right underneath it. Um, <laughs> but, you know, memories of running down Main Street and... Uh, you know, there's always, um, it's a little, it's a, the bus is a little jewel box. There's always a curiosity inside. You just don't quite know what it's going to be. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it might be a lump of coal. it's always fun to find out. <laughs> it could be a lump of coal, <laughs> but, uh, Hey, that's how you make diamonds. That's right. That's right. Um, all right. We're just about at the end of our hour. Um, this has been off the record and I am chatting tonight with two longtime drivers of the Galloping Goose. Uh, I hope you know him. I hope you give him a shout next time um, or say hello to whoever your Galloping Goose driver is. I've been joined by Peter Chadman um, and Brandon Greep. And uh, yeah, that takes us to the end of our hour. Thanks so much for tuning in. Um, coming up next, we've got Pow Surf Radio. After that at 9 p.m., Brothers Ross. Uh, we'll close out our day at Kodo. Hey, y'all, thanks so much. Is there anything else you got to uh, add in there? We covered hiring. We covered the good stories, the bad stories. Um, uh, on a personal note, um, y you know, come say hi to me on the metal bus and tell me what your favorite metal band is. And uh, it never hurts to bring a little snack for the bus driver. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Gavin. All right. Thank you both. Thank you. The money on the bus goes clink, clink, clink all through the town.
Move on back, move on back. The driver on the bus goes move on back all through the town. The baby on the bus goes wow, 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 wow. The baby on the bus goes wow, 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 all through the town. The mommy on the bus goes shh, 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 shh. The mommy on the bus goes shh, 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 all through the town.